Hallelujah. Good morning and happy Easter. Welcome to Resurrection Sunday at Converge. I'm going to read to you from Mark 16. And it says Mark 16, very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll the stone away from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw the young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is, was crucified? He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. And so go tell the disciples, I'm going to invite you to stand up with us because he is risen. Christ the Lord is risen today. Angels rolled the stone away from the tomb where Jesus lay. All God's children come and sing glory, glory, and King to the King to the King Christ the Lord is Christ the Lord of everything. Good morning, Converge Church. Happy Easter, everybody. It's Resurrection Sunday, y'all. We're gonna rejoice. We're gonna give God some glory today. Come on and put your hands together. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. Hey. And I try with all my mind, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond. So this 
Bless you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Good night. 
We give you the glory, Father, for you are the risen King. Hallelujah. You are not dead, but you're alive, and you're alive in our spirits today, oh God. You're alive in our souls, Father, and so we give you the glory. We magnify your holy name, your holy and matchless name, oh God. You are the risen King. One more time. Sing, death could not hold death you. could not hold you down. Say that again. Death could not hold Death you. Death could not hold you down. Yeah, the devil thought he won, but Death could not hold. Death could not yeah. hold you down. Well, they thought that it was over, but Death could not hold you. Death could not hold you down. They thought that our Savior was defeated, but Death, Death could, could not hold not you. Hold you Converge Church, let's lift that up like we believe he is our risen king. Death could not hold him down. Three days later, he arose with all victory and all power. Glory to God. We serve an awesome Savior. He is risen, Converge, and he is risen indeed. You see, the power of resurrection is simply to recognize, acknowledge, and walk in the fact that because he got up, you can get up too. He came to lift you up. And that is the truth. It's the revelation. And it is the reminder that we celebrate this morning as we acknowledge the finished work of the cross. Not only did he go to the cross, but on the third day, y'all, he rose with all power. So, Father, we thank you for your great love wherewith you loved us, in that while we were yet sinners, you sent your son Jesus to die for us. We thank you, God, for the height, the depth, the width of your love, and your word declares that there is absolutely nothing that could ever separate us from the love of God. Today, we rest in that. We rest in your love. And we thank you that you paid the price. You went all the way just for us. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. And we give you all the praise for it. In the strong, matchless, victorious, triumphant name of Jesus. Glory to God. I better watch myself. Uh, it ain't time for me to preach just yet. I have one order of business before I get to the preaching and the declaration of God's word. But this morning, I feel something on me. Y'all watch out now. Uh, uh, hold up. Hold, listen now. Listen now. So, 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 so this morning, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, uh, we acknowledge the Lord's table. Amen? The scripture says that after Jesus arose, he appeared to his disciples with many infallible truths over a period of 40 days. 
He appeared to his disciples and he appeared to multitudes. In fact, there's one uh, 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 instance where the scripture says Jesus appeared uh, to as many as 500 in one single sitting to make everybody know that it was undeniable and with great certainty that he was alive again. And the scripture says in Luke chapter number 24 that on the road to Emmaus, he found two of his disciples. Not only did he walk with them for seven miles, he also revealed to them from Genesis to the book of Malachi every reference and every inference that indicated that he would be the Messiah. At the end of the seven-mile journey with these two disciples, the scripture says in Luke chapter number 24 and verse 48, uh, verse 24, verse 28, that they drew near to the village where they were going. And Jesus indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And Jesus went in to stay with these two disciples. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread. He blessed it and he broke it. And then he gave it to them. Notice verse 31. Then their eyes were open. They walked with Jesus seven miles. And the conversation that they had with Jesus revolved around their disappointment that the one that they had trusted, Messiah, who would have delivered them from Roman oppression was now dead. And even though they walked with Jesus, they didn't recognize Jesus because all their hope was lost at the cross. But it was in the blessing of the bread and in the breaking of the bread, and in the taking of the bread, what you and I would call communion today, that their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus for who he was. This resurrection morning, we have the awesome privilege to celebrate the Lord's table, his broken body and his shed blood. And the word of God declares, as often as we do this, we do this in remembrance of him. So just as Jesus did on the road to Emmaus with these two disciples, we too take the bread. And Lord, we bless it. This emblem, this symbol of your broken body. We thank you, Lord, for the ultimate price and the sacrifice you made on our behalf. You were wounded for our transgressions, and the chastisement of our peace was upon you. We thank you today, Lord, that by your wounds, by your stripes, we are healed. We receive, Father, this emblem, this symbol of your broken body now with gratitude, with thanksgiving, and humility. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Take now and eat. And on that same evening, when Jesus was alone with these two disciples, he also took the cup. 
And he said, this is my blood which is shed for you. And as often as you drink from this cup, you do so in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, we thank you that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And we thank you, Lord, that your blood was shed. Not just for the remission and the removal, but Father, Father, for the, it just setting us free completely and entirely from guilt, from shame. And we thank you this morning for what your word declares in 1 John. That if our hearts condemn us not, we have confidence toward God. So Jesus, you dealt with the confidence and condemnation issue when you laid down your life for us. So this morning we drink from this cup without hesitation or reservation without guilt or shame. Today we have confidence toward our God. We thank you for it, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Take now and drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to continue in this atmosphere of worship as the team leads us in one more song of worship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for taking our place. Hallelujah to the King. He is. 
is worthy to receive all the worship we can bring. Everybody say sing. Sing hallelujah, hallelujah to the King. He is worthy. He is worthy He's done. 
somebody bless him in here. Somebody bless him in here. Hallelujah. Just think about the where he brought you from. If it wasn't for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be. I would be lost like a ship without a sail. And I'll never forget. 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 Come on, somebody. Bless the name of the Lord in this place. He's worthy. He's worthy to receive all of the praise that we can give him. He deserves this. Thank you, Jesus. He deserves this. Hallelujah. So come on and give it to him. Let everything, let everything that has breath, praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. How many of you guys understand that there is no today? There is no Sunday morning without what Jesus did for us, what he's done. Our sins are forgiven. Our future is heaven because of what Jesus did for us. Praise the Lord for what he's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, Jesus, good morning. Good morning. Please be seated. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We are so grateful to see every single one of you in the house here today. What better day for you all to join us here for Converge Live. On behalf of our pastors, our amazing pastors, I am Andrea, this is Cassie, and we have the honor to welcome you to Converge Live. Converge Nation, we say good morning to you. Thank you for joining us via live stream. If this is your first day with us, your first time worshiping with us, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You could have chosen any other day or any other place to join someone for what we call the Super Bowl of Sundays, but you chose to spend it here with us, and we are so grateful. Again, if it's your first time with us, our pastors just want to take a few moments after service to greet you, to hug your neck, to shake your hand, to get your name. We have a small gift for you, so if you'd stop by the Welcome Center immediately after worship please do so. And it's again a small gift, but it's our way of saying thank you for choosing to spend a portion of your day with us. We also want to make you aware that if you'd like to stay in the loop on everything that's happening here at Converge, all that God is doing in and through Converge, please follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at We Are Converge. We're on TikTok at Converge Church. That is the place where you'll find a lot of information about what's happening, where you'll be able to find some amazing resources. So connect with us on social media. We want to make you aware of a couple of things, so Cassie and I won't be before you long, but the first thing we want to make you aware of is that Converge Students meets every every second and fourth Sunday. Amen. I know this is second Sunday, but it's a special day, so the students are worshiping with us here in service. But if you would have a middle school through a high school student, sixth through 12th grade, have them connect with our student leadership team on the fourth Sunday. They are doing some amazing things with our youth back there. We also want to make you guys aware that spring, the spring semester of our V groups is underway. Fight Club is meeting every Saturday at 8 a.m. So if you are a man, join us on Saturdays at 8 a.m. for Fight Club. And then for our ladies, 
Yes, yes, yes. Converge Her is meeting on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Both of these V groups are for 18 and older. So if you're younger but an adult, please don't think this is for the old ladies or the old men. Join us on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. with the men and on Wednesday morning, Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. with the ladies. We are truly learning how to walk this thing out. Cassie, you have anything for us? Yes, so it's Sunday, April 16th. We have the I Have Decided Water Baptism. So if you have decided to accept the Lord as your Savior, whether it's recently or a while ago and you've just never been baptized, we'd love to celebrate that important faith milestone with you here at Converge. So we will be doing it in service Sunday, April 16th. Also that same day, April 16th, after service, we will have our next steps class. So if you've been coming or you're visiting now and you're interested to learn more about Converge, what we stand for, what we're all about, um, and interested in membership, please join us for the next steps class immediately after service on April 16th. And that's it from us. We hope you enjoy the rest of the worship experience. Thanks. Peter is asleep. Judas is betrayed. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilots struggle. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilified. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denied. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sundays come. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirits burdened. But you see, it's only pride. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday, 
hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a comedy. Good morning, good morning, and good morning. He has arisen. He has risen. He has risen. And he's alive this morning. Thank you so much for coming to celebrate our risen Christ with us today. We're so glad you're here. There are many other places that you could have been, but you have chosen to come and worship Jesus with us on this Resurrection Sunday. And we thank you for it. We're going to give you now an opportunity to worship God through the giving of your tithes and the giving of your offering. We worship God in many ways. We worship him in spirit and in truth. We've worshiped him in song and we've worshiped him with the praise of our lips. And so now let us worship God with the giving of the tithes and our offerings. We honor God this morning with everything that we have. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. Please fill the envelope out in its entirety. We would certainly appreciate that. You can also give by texting 77977-GIVE, and you can give that way. You can also give online at weareconverged.com. And we're modern today. You can also give on Cash App, and you can also give by using your Zelle. If you give on Zelle, please use the account We Are Converged, the accounting at We Are Converged. We would appreciate that. Amen. Look at someone and say you look good. Look at someone and say thank you for coming. Look at someone and say thank you for giving. We're excited. Resurrection Sunday. We worship the Lord. That's why we're here to worship him. To give him glory. To give him honor. And to give him praise. And to bless the Lord in our obedience in giving. Bow your heads and let's thank God for the blessing that he has been to you and for the blessing that, and the love that he has poured out on us. Lord, we take a moment. We don't rush it, God. We just take a moment to give thanks. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you, God, that we are to transition from this life to the next life because we accept your son, Jesus. Jesus was the first of the harvest, and God, we will follow in that transition. Bless the people who give this morning. We're believing, God, because we give, that you're going to accomplish what you want to accomplish here in this church. Thank you, God, that you have blessed us and made us to be mindful, to be good stewards of the blessings that we receive. And so we're asking you, almighty God, to continue to bless us as you already have. God, we give thanks today for the increase. 
We give thanks to you, God, for the obedience of your people. And we give thanks to you, God, that we get the opportunity to help to expand the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father. And all the people said, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming. We appreciate it. After the Sabbath, and as the sun was just coming up to begin a new week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb where Jesus had been buried. All of a sudden, there was a severe earthquake. The earth shook because an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled back the stone that blocked the entrance of the tomb, and sat down on top of it. The angel's appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The men who stood guard at the tomb were so afraid to see an angel that they trembled and fainted. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was killed on a cross. He is not here. He has risen just like he said he would. Come and see where his body used to be. Then go quickly to Jesus' friends, the disciples, and tell them this. Jesus has risen from the dead and is going to the city of Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you all of this. So the two women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy to tell the disciples the good news. And suddenly, as they were running to tell the disciples, Jesus met them on the way. They came to him, bowed down to clasp his feet, and worshipped him. Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, the disciples, to go to Galilee. There they will see me. People saw Jesus alive on that first Easter day. He is alive forevermore and loves each and every one of us.
is our sour. Pink is for a new tomorrow. Jesus was not a mere human being. He was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, proving him to be the one true Messiah. He told his disciples multiple times before he was crucified that he would die and rise again. There is no other person in history who openly declared that he had the power to rise from the dead and he kept that promise. Jesus is the only one who has ever done that. This time next year. One day Jesus came with one day Jesus came to town, and people threw their garments down. They all began to shout and cheer, Hosanna, Hosanna, Jesus is here. But when the leaders in the town heard the cheers, it made them frown. They didn't like to see this man, and so they made a wicked plan. They came to get him late at night with all their torches burning bright. The leaders took him to a place where soldiers laughed and hit his face. And when the sun had risen high, they put him on the cross to die, though they didn't know that he was God's son and that he died for everyone. Jesus' friends all wondered why the Son of God would have to die. They came and took his body down and sadly laid it in the ground. They sealed the tomb and walked away. There'd never been a sadder day. He is in the world today. I know that he is living. But whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy and I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he is always near. He lives! Religious or not, we all put our faith in something. God, money, science, power, good deeds, whatever it is, we all put our faith in something. Followers of Jesus put their faith in Him. And of all the historical events we might rely on, His resurrection stands above them all. At the very center of Christianity is the wholehearted belief that Christ really did rise from the grave. He was crucified, dead, and buried 
and on the third day, he was raised by the power of God. That's what Christians hold on to. That's where we place our ultimate hope for this life and for the next. But if it didn't happen, if Jesus didn't really rise from the dead, then Christians are, as the Apostle Paul writes, the group of people to be pitied the most. So here we are, believers, doubters, and seekers. What can we know for certain about the events of Easter morning? We all put our faith in something, and whatever that is really, really matters. May God give us eyes to see. Amen. May God give us eyes to see this Easter morning. Listen, I would be remiss if we didn't give Converge Kids one more loud, resounding applause. Fantastic job. Listen, the future of the church, the future of the kingdom is bright. Amen. Some of them already got their preacher voices and everything, man. So exciting. Amen. Jesus said it this way, suffer the little children and do not forbid them to come unto me. And so that's one of our priorities here. We're intentional about investing in the next generation of leaders, not only in the local church, but in the marketplace and the public square as well. It's my assignment this morning to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to you, especially as it relates to the resurrection of our Savior, the most important event in human history uh, that transformed and changed everything. The first rule of public speaking is to know your audience. And what I do know this morning is that in this room, there are not only believers, those who are fully persuaded that Jesus is who he says he is, not only those who are fully persuaded that Jesus did what he said he did, but there are also people who might be wrestling, grappling with, with doubt. And not only those who are believers and those who might be wrestling with doubt this morning, there might be some who have come this morning who are seekers looking to God for answers. The good news this morning is simply this, whether you are a believer, a seeker, or a doubter, there's room at the cross for you. Jesus made provision and Jesus made allowances not only for believers. He made provision even for doubters and seekers. And the truth about the kingdom is simply this, and we embrace this here at Converge Church, that you can belong before you believe. And so if you're here this morning, maybe because it was sort of this obligatory thing that you had to do because you were visiting from out of town and grandma made you come or mom made you come or dad made you come, or maybe it was just a family tradition that you always showed up on Sunday morning and you wore your Sunday best on Easter Sunday, there's room for you as well. As we look to the text together, my prayer though, for each of us, is whether you are a believer, a doubter, or a seeker this morning, that God in his grace and providence will give each of us eyes to see. Helen Keller was once asked, what could be worse than being born blind? And her response was, 
having sight but no vision. And I pray this morning that God would move us beyond just our physical sight, our ability to believe only because we've seen, but God would give us a vision of who his son Jesus really is. In fact, Thomas wrestled with this same question, and he says, man, unless I put my hands where the wounds are, in his, in, my finger in his, in his hands and in his side and in his feet, I'm not going to believe. Jesus' response was, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And my prayer this morning, for those of us present in this room and those who are watching online, is that God would give us eyes to see. Father, we come to you in the name that is above every other name, and we yield ourselves to all that you desire to do in this place. Father, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive all that you desire to do in us and through us. Give us a revelation and an appreciation for the power of your resurrection. Father, let it be more than just an historical event. Let it be something that transforms us daily as we surrender our lives completely and implicitly to your plan, to your purpose, and to your will. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. If I had to choose a title for my sermon this morning, it would simply be, as I've already stated, give us eyes to see. Our anchor text this morning is lifted from Mark's gospel, chapter number 16. I'll read a few verses for you, and I trust that you'll read them with me, and then I'll be out of your way. So I make sure you beat the Methodist to Lubies this morning. Amen? Come on, somebody. I'll do my best to give you all one closing. In Jesus' name, amen. What's, what's... Oh, ye of little faith. Meet me in Mark's gospel, chapter number 16, beginning at verse 1, where Mark records this account, and it begins with these words in verse number 1. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. I love this story because here in this text, in verse number one, we're introduced to the original Spice Girls. Long before Ginger Spice. Long before Posh Spice. There was Mary Magdalene. There was Mary, the mother of James, and there was Salome. And the scripture says that they bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Even in his death, they came to honor him. And verse number two says, very early in the morning on the first day of the week, notice the priority. They didn't wait till later, but very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. Notice verse number three, and they said among themselves, one to the other, they reasoned 
And they wrestled with a question. And that's why this morning is so important because, again, in this room are gathered not only believers, there are some who may be wrestling with questions and some who are seeking God for the first time. As we read the text, you will discover that Jesus and the story of resurrection is filled not only with people who believed. The story of resurrection also includes people who struggled with their doubts. And the truth is, as I just said, Jesus makes room for us to belong before you believe. Okay, I'm going to go somewhere with this. Notice verse number three. And they said among themselves, uh, we got the spices and we're going to the tomb. But who's going to roll the stone away? I know we have good intentions. I know we mean well. Our desire is to honor Jesus. But how are we going to get to him? The story of resurrection encourages us because it is possible for you to draw near to Jesus even when you anticipate obstacles. There are some of us in this room who have stopped because we have assessed how much it will take to get to Jesus. Yet the beauty of what Mary Magdalene, Mary, and Salome did is that they drew near to Jesus even when they anticipated obstacles. They drew near to Jesus even when they had questions. And one of the greatest hurdles you and I will overcome is learning to trust God. And draw near to God, even when we have questions. Yet that didn't stop these three women. They brought spices, even when they didn't know how they would get to Jesus. Because the resurrection story reminds us that there is a place in the story of God for you, even when you don't have all the answers. All right. Dr. Martin Luther King famously said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the staircase. And I wonder how many came this morning and life is compelling you to do something that staying where you are is no longer an option. But the thing that has arrested you is the paralysis of analysis. For those of us in the room who are control freaks, we don't make a move until every I is dotted and until every T is crossed. Yet God says sometimes you don't get to see the staircase until you take the first step. You don't get to see the empty tomb until you leave where you are. St. Thomas Aquinas said it this way, 
if the primary aim of the captain were to preserve his ship, it would never set sail. There are people in this room who have built magnificent vessels and they have yet to set sail because your fear is there might be a storm and there might be a tempest out there. Yet there's something about building a ship that says, I'm going to do it anyway. The lesson of the resurrection is don't allow the questions you have and the obstacles you anticipate keep you from doing what's necessary. You've heard me say it here at Converge Church before. When it comes to the life of faith, understanding can wait. Obedience can't. And there are some in this room who have received a word from God, an instruction from God. And what you're saying to yourself is, when I understand, then I'll take the first step. Yet faith says, obey, and then understanding will follow. And these women take these spices, and as they're going, they don't know how this stone is going to be removed, how they're going to get to Jesus, but they still show up. Uh, uh, any of you ever have uh, lived in a house where, where, where you had the, 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 the lights, the security lights that were uh, uh, motion sensitive? That the lights don't come on until somebody or something moves? And most of us are waiting for God to turn the lights on, and God says, I'll turn the light on when you take the first step. Thank you, my friend. And what they didn't realize, what they didn't realize is that God had already made provision for the things they were worried about. Let's look at the text together. God sent me this morning with a simple assignment. He wants me to talk to the doubters, to the seekers, but also the believers. Oh, Lord. Let me get back to the text. I'm being good this morning. Uh, notice, notice verse, verse 4. Uh, let's go back to verse 3. It says, and they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? And, and verse 4 is profound because it says, when they looked up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away. They were worried about things that God had already made provision for. The problem is, you and I never get to see the stone rolled away if we're paralyzed by the doubt and the concern and the questions about who's going to roll the stone away. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? No, this Resurrection Sunday, God sent me here to tell Converge Church, it's time for you to make a move. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. In fact, let me go back to the late 80s. It's time for you to bust a move. In Jesus' name. Because faith without works is dead being alone. 
We are worried about things that God has already made provision for. In fact, his name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and makes provision. That while Abraham was bringing his son Isaac up Mount Moriah, God had already secured a ram in the thicket. Already. There is absolutely nothing about your life or my life that takes him by surprise because he is still the God who sees the end from the beginning. Absolutely no surprises. And so they look up to see the tomb or the stone rolled away for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, but he is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. If we're not careful, y'all, we'll look for Jesus in all the wrong places. We'll try to find God where he used to be, not where he is. And that's why the angel rebuked them and said, why do you look for the living among the dead? You see, the problem is, if we're not careful, we will focus only on the pain of the crucifixion. And then when we do that, we will miss the power of the resurrection. Bringing the spices was to anoint Jesus' body. They were fixated on his passion and his pain and what he had endured. But what they didn't realize is that there is something much greater than the pain of crucifixion. And that is the promise and the power of resurrection. And listen to me, listen to me. Easter Sunday teaches us that sometimes, sometimes, Pain precedes the promise. Maybe what you're going through now is just God's way of testing your pain tolerance. Maybe God is helping you recognize that there's no crown without a cross. Because a faith that hasn't been tested, y'all, is a faith that cannot be trusted. And they show up at the tomb and they're going there, and they're associated with his crucifixion. And the angel says to him, or says to them, nah, he ain't here. Move beyond what was to what is, but ultimately to what is possible. God wants to move you. And I want you to personalize what I'm saying. He wants you to move you out of what was into what is so that you can experience what is possible. And that's why we say it here. We say it here at Convert Church. Uh, you can make pain your prison or you can make it your platform. What you going to do with your pain? What you going to do with your pain? You got to move beyond 
your pain and give your pain purpose. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And here's why that's important. Those who don't deal with their pain make life painful for others. You're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm telling you this morning that hurt people hurt people. And if you don't deal with your pain, you will make life painful for others. And that's why we call it comic book theology, because every villain in the comic book started out a victim. They were victims who didn't deal with their pain. And because they didn't deal with their pain, they became villains. Meaning, if I'm going to suffer, you going to suffer too. And Jesus wants us. The lesson of resurrection is he wants us to move beyond the pain of crucifixion. That we might experience the power of resurrection. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. One of my favorite things about scripture is just reading God's word and taking my time. Not rushing through God's word. And one of my favorite verses is Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What I love about that verse, if you'll just sit in the first three words, is that you will find that the word faith sits between two present tense words. Now, faith is. Y'all missed that. Now. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. Because if we're not careful, we will try to live off of yesterday's manner. When God is trying to do something brand new in you. Faith is now. And he says, what are you going to do with this moment that you're confronted with now? Are you going to deal with your pain and move on? Or are you going to allow pain to become your prison? If we're not careful, we'll look for the living among the dead. Jesus ain't there. He's risen. Here's another lesson from the story. Y'all ready for this one? So, so, so the angel says, Jesus ain't here. See where he used to be. See where they laid him. And verse 7 says, this is for, this message is not just for the believers. This message is for the doubters. This message is for the seekers. Notice what the angel says in verse 7 to the Spice Girls. He says, but go tell the disciples and Peter. Now, hold up. Last time I checked, Peter was a disciple. Now, tell me why you're going to set this guy apart now. Because if it were me, I ain't claiming to be no angel. But if it were me, I would just put everybody in the same lump. I would say to Mary Magdalene, to Mary and Salome, go tell his disciples. Yet there's something in the text that compels us to observe this distinction. Don't just tell the disciples, but make sure 
if you tell anybody. If anybody gets to hear that Jesus is a resurrected and alive, make sure, make sure you tell Peter. The story of the resurrection is not just only for those of us who got everything right. Jesus includes even the ones who were at their worst. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? And the angel recognizes something about human nature. He recognizes that it is human nature to treat people based on their last mistake. And the angel recognizes that in 48 hours or less, they've already canceled Peter. Oh, we're going to tell everybody that Jesus is risen, but surely we can't tell Peter because, because Peter just denied him three times. Three strikes, Peter, you're out. Surely, if we tell anybody that Messiah is risen, it can't be you. Surely, he can't want you. Surely, he can't use you. Yet the angel singles Peter out. Because he understands that failure is neither fatal nor final. And that with Jesus, new beginnings are possible. Let me say something to you this morning. God loves people you hate. Newsflash. God loves people that you have disqualified. God loves people that you have written off. God loves and still has a plan and purpose for people that you have disqualified. Make sure, listen to me, the story of resurrection, the power of the resurrection is simply this. Don't cancel what God has chosen. You see, because in God's plan, he didn't choose John, the beloved, who stayed at the cross with his mother Mary. He chose Peter, who denied him three times, to be the head of the church. For those of us who are given to writing people off, for those of us who are given to, to the thought process that says, uh, this, this is what we do on, on, on social media. We, we like it. I, I see pastors post it all the time. And I think I shared this before in our new members class. We, we say things like, uh, if they can walk away from you, they ain't a part of your destiny. <laughs> and y'all know how we put the three snaps in a circle on it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hey, that it. Uh, <laughs> come on. Y'all don't know nothing about that, do you? Y'all know something about that? Come back to the cross, Pastor Wendy said, come back. I'm coming back to the cross. I'm coming back to the cross. If that is true, that if somebody walks away from you, they're not a part of your future, then what do we do with Peter? Who denied Jesus three times 
Yet Jesus took that man who denied him three times and put him in charge of the church. And on the day of Pentecost, he preached Christ. And 3,000 people were saved that day. Peter, who in 48 hours was canceled. And the angel said, make sure you tell the disciples and Peter. If, if that thinking is true, then what do you do? What do you do with the prodigal son? Who took everything his father had and squandered it on riotous living, the scripture says. Yet when he came home, his father fully restored him. There are people in this room this morning that need to experience the power of resurrection through forgiveness and mercy. If it's true, then what do you do with, 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 with John Mark? And John Mark, uh, 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 he was kind of weak and not cut out for the mission field. And, and Barnabas and Paul had this huge falling out. In fact, they went their separate ways. And at the end of his life, Paul said, send John Mark to me because he's profitable to me for the ministry. The man that Paul, the apostle, who wrote two-thirds of this New Testament, wrote off is the one who wrote this gospel that I'm teaching from this morning. For those of us who are given to canceling people, the story of the resurrection teaches us that there's room at the cross for the Peters in your life. Are y'all with me? I talked about the Spice Girls, talking about Peter, because the truth is every family and every group got at least one Peter, because Peter was the Bobby Brown of the disciples. Come on, somebody. <laughs> There's always one of them somewhere in the group. Y'all ever watch Unsung? There's always one. Temptations had David Ruffin. Five Heartbeats had who? Eddie, Eddie King Jr. <laughs> Make room for the Peters in your life. It's the power of the resurrection. I'm about to close. Was that the first one? That's the first, first and only close. Here it is. Verse 8. So they went quickly and fled from the tomb. For they trembled and they were amazed, seeing the angel and the angel telling them that Jesus has resurrected. Jesus is alive. He, he, what he said is true. They were amazed, but notice what they said. Notice what happened. And they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. See, I never noticed this the whole time I read this story. I just thought they ran out of the tomb and told Everybody. But here they are, carrying the news of the resurrection, and they told no one. Somebody say they didn't understand the assignment. 
Uh, when I was in the army, they told me this. If you want to get the word out, use a telephone, telegraph, or tell a woman. No, I didn't say I agreed to it. I said that's what they told us in the army. If you want to get the word out. Don't say it again. You see, Jesus was on to something. He said, if I want to get the news of my resurrection out, who do I tell? All right, so here it is. If you believe I'm onto something here, all the men, if you're sitting next to your wife, just say dilly dilly. dilly, dilly. Okay, okay, that's one brave guy right here. Dilly, dilly. Only one guy said dilly dilly. Did you say dilly dilly as well? Absolutely. Come on, somebody. Jesus was onto something. This was biblical communication strategy. But notice that they told no one because they were too afraid. Somebody just got it right there. Come on, somebody. That's that delayed reaction. Come on. Y'all going to be at brunch. And just like, ha, 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 ha. People are going to be, what y'all laughing at? Yeah. Telephone. Telegraph. Save yourself. <laughs> All right, let me, let me finish this message. All right. So the story continues in verse 9 because the women didn't tell anyone. Man, that's amazing. I just kind of want to hang out there for a second. <laughs> because, you know, me and Pastor Wendy, we, we love having fun. We, we love having fun. And so sometimes I get a call, you know, from Pastor Wendy. And I already know what time it is. Because she's going to call me and this is what she say. She'll say, clean us! You wait till I get home. That's what I know is juicy. I don't know where she get the Cletus name from, but when she got something to tell me, she'll be like, Cletus. And guess what Pastor will do? Y'all know how we like this. So she'll start telling me, oh, you won't believe what I... You know how you turn your ears? <laughs> Y'all know let me get back to the message so I can get you out of here. But you know how stuff be juicy? And you want to hear all the details? Yeah, yeah. So uh, they didn't understand the assignment. So Jesus then appeared to them himself. Mark chapter 16, verse 9, it says, When he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first. He appeared first. The angel tells Mary Magdalene, y'all go tell everybody. They're too afraid to share the news because nobody's going to believe them. Because remember, again, they are women in a Middle Eastern context where a woman's testimony didn't even have any weight in court. If Jesus wanted his resurrection, if Jesus' resurrection was a hoax, he never would have chosen women to be the first one he appeared to. He would have chosen men who they would have believed. 
But because the resurrection is true, he appeared to the first ones who came to him. If it was a concocted story, a well-scripted story, a hoax, they would have used people whose testimony was most reliable. But notice what the verse 9 says. Now when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first. I wonder why. Notice who he appeared to first. Not the ones who got everything right, but Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. This story is full of people that we've canceled. Spice Girls, Bobby Brown, and now we got Erica Badu casting out seven demons out of It says she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they had heard he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. The resurrection story is for believers. It's for seekers like the ones who came to the tomb. And it is also for doubters because they did not believe. Then Jesus appears next to two men on the road to Emmaus. And it says, after that, he appeared in another form. He hid himself from them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. And this is where I close. My second, I promise you, my final close. When Jesus appears to the the two men on the road to Emmaus, it is a seven-mile journey. Jesus walks with these two men seven miles after his resurrection. And I wonder if you and I had an opportunity to walk with Jesus for seven miles, what would he tell us? Here it is. These thoughts are not original with me. Dr. Jack Hayford, uh, in the early part of 2001, was prompted by the Lord to write a book about the seven last words of Jesus. Shortly after the book was published, 9-11 happened. The book was titled, How to Live Through a Bad Day. And if anyone could teach us how to live through a bad day, it's Jesus. There's so much angst and anxiety in the world today that maybe what Jesus wants us to close with is not just the things I've already communicated, but maybe he wants to give us eyes to see how to live through our worst days. Are y'all ready for me? Ready for this? I'm going to go fast and furious. If you were walking for seven miles with Jesus after he was resurrected, he would probably start with this. 
Forgive everyone who's trying to ruin your life. Because from the cross, Jesus declared, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Through the spirit of forgiveness, Jesus retains control of the situation when it appears he's being victimized for it. I hope you hear that. That when you choose to forgive, you take back control over the situation. As long as you hold on to unforgiveness, you relinquish and surrender your control, your emotions, and your peace to somebody else. Well, I'll forgive them if they say sorry. They still hold the power. One of the things I appreciate about my son Levi at 13 years old, he protects his peace. He doesn't let anybody or anything steal his peace. And when Jesus says, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do, Jesus is taking control back. I refuse to give anybody the right to continue to make me feel this way. Under Roman occupation, Israelites were compelled to take a Roman soldier's load one mile. Jesus said, don't just go one mile, go two. Because on the first mile, it is about law. The second mile is about grace. And when you choose to go the second mile with someone who has forced you to carry their load, the first mile, you take control from them. And you take control into your own hands. Because it's no longer about law and what they insist on. It's about what you choose to give. May God give us eyes to see the power of forgiveness, this resurrection. Uh, number two, number two, now Jesus would say this. He would say, help others who are experiencing the same struggle that you're going through. Because in Luke 23 and 43, Jesus says, assuredly I say to, to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus had the wherewithal to help somebody even when he was hurting. And I wonder how many of us will get out of our struggle in our bad days if we stopped making it only about us and recognize that there are others going through exactly what you're going through because there were two other people hanging on the cross with Jesus. Number three, if we're walking seven miles with Jesus, I wonder what Jesus would say. Uh, he would say to us, Part of the power of resurrection is I want you to open your eyes so you can see that you ought to be sure you've taken care of those around you. He says, woman, behold your son. And he says to John, behold your mother. Although Jesus is surrounded by turmoil, he's concerned about his mother's personal plight and he establishes a domestic responsibility for John to take. We have a great tendency to presume that those who are closest to us understand our dilemma and will absorb it along with us. It's not the spirit of a disciple of Jesus to say it's been a bad day for me, so it's going to be a bad day for everyone around me. The lesson today from the cross is don't transmit your trauma. Open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see. All right, I'm about to let y'all go. Fourth thing Jesus will say is aim your hard questions at God, not man. 
Jesus didn't ask man for answers. He, he pointed his hardest questions at God when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even Jesus had questions. So when you feel sure you've lost touch with heaven, aim your hard questions at God, not man. Although human beings may sympathize, none of them have the answer. Job and his comforters are, classic, are a classic study in how human philosophies fail. Cry out to God, not man. He doesn't mind our complaints, and although he may seem absent, he's never far away. What's the fifth thing Jesus would say if we were walking seven miles with him on the road to Emmaus? After his resurrection, he would open our eyes to see, number five, that we ought to be human enough to acknowledge our need. For those of us in the room who say, I don't need nobody. Even Jesus from the cross said, I thirst. Jesus didn't create you to live in isolation or to be an island unto yourself. That's why community matters. Be human enough to admit, I have a need, and I don't have the solution, but maybe you do. That's what the church ought to be. A safe space where people can be broken and vulnerable. The sixth thing Jesus would say would be, be assured that even though you're having a bad day, number one, there is a purpose and there is an end to all bad days. The songwriter said, trouble don't last always. If you're going through a hard time, recognize that there is purpose and an end to everything you're going through. You know why? Because God never wastes our pain. And seventh and finally, what would Jesus say on the road to Emmaus if we had an opportunity to walk seven miles with him on Resurrection Sunday? He would say, surrender your day to God and let it go. From the cross, Jesus prayed, into your hands I commit my spirit. The truth is the end of a bad day can be the start of a long night. Reliving the struggle with bewildering concern, when will this finally end? But the way to go through a bad day is to get into the hands of God and leave it there. That was how the agony of Calvary came, in, came to its conclusion. This was not a statement of wearied resignation, but it was a statement of great trust. From the human perspective, Jesus' words indicate a colossal act of trust in the Father and his fidelity to his own word. So here it is as we leave. How do you live through a bad day? Let go and let God. Jesus would teach us these seven lessons on how to live through a bad day. Whether you're a doubter, a seeker, or a believer. And this is how we let go and let God. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 in the Amplified says it this way, casting the whole of your care. Casting the whole of your care. All your anxieties, 
all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately. And he cares about you watchfully. So, Father, we come to you now in the name that is above every other name, the strong name of Jesus. Lord, I pray today you would give us eyes to see. Whether we're looking through the lens of, of faith, because we already believe, but God, even if we're wrestling with doubt and uncertainty, even if we have questions and we anticipate obstacles, God, would you give us eyes to see just, just the next step, like you did Mary Magdalene and, and Mary and Salome? Would you do that for us? Father, I pray for those in the room this morning who feel like Peter. I denied Jesus. I turned away from him at his most vulnerable hour. Surely he cannot use me. There's nothing of my life that he can salvage. If that's you this morning, there's room in the story of the resurrection for you. And if you're here this morning and you're just seeking like Mary, Mary Magdalene, and Salome, if you're seeking like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, there's room at the cross for you as well. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I would be remiss. None of this would matter if I didn't give you an opportunity. If you're in this room this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, you've never invited him into your heart, you've never let go and let God, if that's you this morning with every head bowed, with every eye closed. Maybe today is the moment that he wants to give you eyes to see. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand as an act of faith? I want to pray for you. This morning you say, I've never trusted Jesus. I want him to be my Lord. I want him to be my Savior. If you just slip up your hand, I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Well, Father, I thank you that we have a room full of believers. But, Father, if there's anyone in this room who's ever doubted or who might be seeking you, Father, I pray that just as you did for the men on the road to Emmaus, you would open their eyes, open their hearts, and cause your word to burn in their hearts as you open our eyes together in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and amen. Did that help anybody this morning? Glory to God. Happy Easter from our hearts to yours, from my family to yours. Thank you so much for being a part of this worship experience with us. Listen, if you have questions about what it means to follow Jesus, we have people who can answer that question for you. In fact, Trey, why don't you come? Andrea, Stephen, why don't you come? Jesse, uh, Jesse, you're going to be on stage. But if you have questions this morning, Coquetso, why don't you come? Or if you need prayer, Jessica, why don't you come? Why don't you come this morning? If you need prayer after the service is dismissed, one-on-one, -on -one, if you just need somebody to agree with you, pray with you, cry with you, encourage you, these prayer ministers are available. Perry, why don't you come? Is Perry here? Why don't you come as well? Last thing I'm going to say is next Sunday, we're super excited about this because we have our Next Steps class, our membership class. The last, the last time we had our Next Steps class, we added 17 new families to our congregation. Amen. 
And if you don't have a church home and you're looking for somewhere to land where people will love you and encourage you, a place for the disciples and Peter, Converge Church is that place. Join us for our Next Steps class immediately following the worship experience next Sunday. Also in the service next Sunday, we will have water baptism. So if you've never, if you're born again, you've invited Jesus to be your Lord, you've never been baptized by immersion, man, right here during the worship experience, we want to be a part of celebrating baptism with you. Make sure you sign up for water baptism on your way out. If you have any questions, uh, stop by our Connection Center. Someone will answer those questions for you. And if you're a first-time guest with us, we do have a gift that we want to give to you. It's our way of saying thank you for being here with us this morning. Why don't you stand with us as we are dismissed? Christ our Savior is risen today, y'all. He is risen indeed. And because he is risen, you and I can live through every bad day, even our worst days. Pastor Jesse, why don't you bless us out? Pastor Wendy, why don't you come with me? Thank you so much. We're so glad that you decided to come and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with us. We thank you for that today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. and God, we thank you today and we praise your name. Thank you so much for blessing us. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God, thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed.
you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.